Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of Retire Smarter. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Tyler Emmerich, Wealth Advisor, Certified Financial Planner at True Wealth Design, serving you in Northeast Ohio, Southwest Florida, and the greater Pittsburgh area as well. TrueWealthDesign.com, the place to go from anywhere you are to learn more about the team and schedule a time to visit if you are so inclined. Tyler, it's great to be with you this week. What's been going on in your world? So oh, happy to be here, Walt. Uh, nothing too exciting. Uh, just sitting here in the office, looking out, and it's a snowy wonderland uh, outside here in Cleveland. Well, that's nice. Um, that's good. Yeah, we did. We got quite a bit of snow over the weekend. My oldest is going to be four here pretty soon, so we were able to get out and do the oh, first snowman of the year and you're sledding. Like prime and all that snow good stuff. enjoyment territory, right there. <laughs> yeah, she was pretty excited. Uh, definitely wore me out. Um, and I think we got a little more snow coming here this week, so we'll see. The winter uh, fund is going to probably continue through the week here. It is uh, that time of year, and uh, glad that you're able to get out there and enjoy it with the family and uh, appreciate that time together. So fantastic to hear that. We we expect to hear some, uh, maybe send some pictures out to clients, maybe in the next newsletter. Tyler, are you doing some, you know, snow angels or something like that? <laughs> That's a good idea. Maybe well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we're, ha- we're already manly. halfway Build through. Build a snow right? fort more or something manly. like that. You know, <laughs> I tried the snow fort. She wasn't interested at all, and I, I thought I put a pretty good effort into it. But no, she was much more interested in uh, the sledding and snowballs. <laughs> nice. She's she's more adventurous than just uh, the, the stationary fort. She wants to be yeah, in motion. That's right. That's good. <laughs> yeah, she that's wasn't good. impressed, that's for sure. Oh, too funny. We were uh, we were snowboarding recently and they built like this humongous snow fort up at the top of the mountain and uh, oh. it was kind of cool to explore and they had a slide made out of ice. And so and then you get going pretty quick at the bottom. It's not a long slide, but you get going really quick at the bottom. It sounds and, dangerous, uh, Walt. It yeah, sounds dangerous. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't as dangerous as the snowboarding itself, but uh, the impact at the bottom of the slide, there was like this turn at the last second. And I'm like, oh, there's a cool little kid slide. And then the last second turn when you're at your fastest speed, you go bam and right in your shoulder right into the side of the ice. And you're like, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't help on all the other times I've fallen today. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. So a bit deceptive. That ice, that always is. Well, uh, let's dive into today's conversation, Tyler. You know, a lot of people had a rough 2022 in their portfolios. Uh, We we know the market was way down, and maybe uh, a good chunk of our listeners today as well uh, experienced some poor returns. And so now we're into 2023, and we want to explore a little bit of what you guys are doing, what your clients are thinking, what they're doing, the questions that they're asking as we look back at 2022 and now turn the page to the new year. How do we react? How do we move forward? What do we change about our approach this year? So I can't wait to hear your stories and some of the things that you want to go over today about how people are reacting to the past year. That's right. Yeah, tough year, Walt. I mean, to share a few a few of the numbers, uh, they can be a little bit staggering. But you know, you look at the S and P five hundred. You know, last year in twenty twenty two is down around nineteen percent. Uh, Nasdaq down almost thirty three percent. Kind of getting a little more granular there. If you go into some of the more growthier names, um, like the Arc ETF, uh, for those who are familiar, Kathy Wood was um, she manages the ARK ETF. She was sort of the uh, darling of the 2020 and 2021s when tech was doing so well. And her fund uh, last year was down almost 67%. Well, um, 67. Uh, 67. That's right. I mean, all three of the major indexes had their worst year uh, since 2008. And you kind of pair that on to the inflation that we experienced. I mean, the S&P 500 being down 19%, okay. But then you tack on 
the inflation adjusted loss, I mean, you're, you're touching close to 25% um, last year in the S&P 500 uh, decline, uh, inflation adjusted. That's, you know, you go back over the last almost 100 years, that's the bottom decile in stock returns. Um, so bottom 10% of returns uh, over an almost 100 year period. Uh, quite staggering not unprecedented but certainly in the uh, upper like the hall of fame Mm -hmm. it's hall of fame worthy in in a bad direction (laughs) (laughs) right Uh, well you you say unprecedented stocks is one thing but if you look at the bond market i'd say we had unprecedented returns there i mean Mm -hmm. you measure the vanguard total bond index it was down 14 percent you know you tack on inflation um, and, and adjust that, you're, you're kind of touching negative 20% return in bonds or the total bond index uh, over a uh, 12-month period. It's like that's, that's not um, supposed to happen, right? Like- n- no, that's that's actually the worst uh, annual bond return we've seen in the last 97 years. All right. There's our unprecedented, <laughs> so, yes. There's your unprecedented. We, we, we did hit it. And you take a minute to digest some of those numbers. It, it could be tough, especially if you're a retiree. Uh, or someone looking to retire uh, in the next year, uh, you see numbers like that and you start to maybe rethink and say, hey, how is this impacting me? Am I going to be in okay shape? And our our families that we work with are, are no different. So we thought it would be a good time to you know, share some of the stories and you know, elaborate on some of the decisions that uh, our clients are making you know, as they kind of navigate what we've experienced last year and kind of look forward over the next, uh, say, 12 months. All right, I've got uh, I've got some warm hot chocolate and some cookies. I'm ready for story time. Yeah, and and marshmallows, as my youngest <laughs> would say, you got to oh, have yes. the marshmallows in the, there. The, but uh, like one big one or the minis, the little mini marshmallows. The minis. She's okay. addicted to the minis. Now, what we, what I've I guess experienced, or as I kind of think about over the last few months, uh, maybe even going back over the last year, what I've found is I think a lot of families are utilizing the flexibility more so now than ever that they've built into their retirement plan and income and distribution planning. So what do I mean by flexibility? And, you know, probably the easiest way for me to explain that would be, you know, talking about the family I actually just met with over the past month. And this family, I've known them for a number of years. And uh, really over the last, let's just say three years, they've kind of had a singular goal of, hey, we are retiring and we are retiring at the beginning of 2023. And that's when we're going to do it. Uh, and uh, a lot of the decisions that they've made over the last few years have really been made to get them uh, to this point. You know, they've increased their 401k contributions. Uh, they've done some things to the house to get it in preparation for retirement. They paid off some of their cars. Um, they've taken a look at their spending. I mean, by all accounts, done a great job. And as I look at their situation specifically, as with a lot of our clients, uh, they still have a mortgage. Um, and that was something that, um, as they looked at their situation, was very important to them, uh, especially heading into retirement. They didn't want to have that mortgage. They had a, a goal of, you know, having it paid off within the first few years of retirement. You know, and it was, it was really an emotional thing for them. Um, and we hear it quite a bit, um, where, you know, I don't want to be in retirement. I don't want to have this huge mortgage payment. Um, I want to get that uh, alleviated before retirement or very early in retirement. And and they were they were really no different. And over the last few years, we've had conversations around the mortgage. They actually refinanced. Uh, so get this, Walt. 
almost a two and a half percent, just over a two and a half percent fixed rate Ooh, on a ten-year awesome. loan is where they were at. Very yes, nice. they said so they refinanced a, a few a uh, couple years ago, um, took advantage of low rates, and by all intents and purposes, uh, a finance guy look at that and go, "Wow." That's a historically low rate for you. Are you sure you want to pay that off? Are you sure you want to, you know, aggressively target that? And, you know, their answer was always the same. And, uh, you know, they really wanted to aggressively pay it down. And uh, we literally met within the last month and it was the time has come, right? Hey, we're retiring. We're doing this. Um, and we were sitting in there for a meeting and we were chit chatting and they came out and just said it and said, Hey, Tyler, I think we need to rethink or reevaluate, uh, paying off the mortgage early. And I was like, what? I mean, I was almost floored. Well, you probably should have seen my face. <laughs> you know, three years of, hey, we're going to aggressively pay down this mortgage. We built it in the income plan. We knew how high we were going to take their income and um, how we were going to get it accomplished. And they changed their tune. So, of course, I had to ask, like, so so what changed? Um, and you know, they really alluded to the fact of, hey, last year the market was really bad. And as we kind of look at the opportunities that we have for this money, I mean, their cash positions uh, in their high yield savings account is getting close to 4% interest. And you kind of compare that to what their loan was through their mortgage at you know, a little over two and a half. I mean, it's a really compelling argument to keep that money invested. And that's mm. just in cash, not even talking about what wow. their return expectations and bonds are. Yeah, just just pile the extra you would be putting into the mortgage into that account mm-hmm. and you're you're coming out ahead just even by a little bit. Just by that, right. Um, with very minimal to no risk as you think about those FDIC insured high yield savings accounts. When I heard him say that, I was like, wow. I mean, they, they had built in some of that flexibility into their retirement plan. I mean, they had planned on doing this for the last three years. And then all of a sudden, you know, you kind of have a year like we did in the market and they changed the strategy a bit. And I think it's, um, you know, a testament to their planning that they were able to, to do that change. I mean, if they would have had, you know, not built in some of that flexibility and maybe they would have said, Hey, we're going to purchase an annuity or do something that would, you know, get them those payments, but they would have to be taken. Well, they wouldn't have been able to change their mind. And, um, you know, so they're, they're really utilizing, or that's an example of them utilizing that flexibility that they had built in, um, and kind of looking at their situation and, uh, going from there. Now, just because they're not using that money to pay off the mortgage, um, they're, they're still going to likely pull that money out. You know, we look at their tax situation and, you know, they could pull money out of their retirement accounts at, to 22%, which in their case is really good. Um, so instead of us, you know, appropriating that money towards the mortgage, we're going to look at a Roth conversion, which is something um, to maybe piggyback off the story a bit that I think some families are doing as well. Maybe not quite this year, but we've seen it quite a bit back in 2020. Um, so you go back a few years and the old March of 2020 downturn uh, where the market dropped almost 30% in one month. Not too far off, Walt. I'm sure you have mm-hmm. some pretty negative memories of that month as well. That was a that was a nerve-wracking month, yeah. It, it was the month I was finally able to get my parents to start paying attention to their retirement. Was it? Oh, yeah. I remember wow. standing outside of a shopping center talking to my dad, and it was the first time my dad had ever heard him talk about the stock market before. And he was... He was just wondering, like, oh, my God, what should we do? You know, Uh I was like, well, you should have listened to me before (laughs) and already been working on this. But, uh, you know, so, yeah, I've no better time than now. Right. Yes. No better time than now. Um, 
But uh, so it, during that time, we really took a hard look at those Roth conversions because typically you're going to do your Roth conversions at the end of the year. You, know, you have a good understanding of your income situation, no tax surprises, and you do those conversions in the fourth quarter and you feel confident about your um, you know tax situation then. But for those individuals that have a pretty clear game plan and know how much they're going to convert and very, it's very unlikely that that's going to change. Well, when you look at market prices and if the market's down quite a bit, you doing part or some of that Roth conversion earlier in the year might be advantageous because any growth that you can get uh, inside of that Roth, of course, is going to be tax-free. So, you know, there are questions were kind of around that as well. And hey, do we maybe do the conversion earlier in the year or not? Um, and, you know, kind of go through and that's where their mind was at and where it was thinking. So a complete change, complete 180 from where we were a few years ago with them as to not paying off the mortgage, looking at a Roth conversion, and then, hey, should we maybe do that Roth conversion a little earlier on the, in the year? Um, and I think, again, perfect example of kind of using that flexibility retirees have built in their plan. The only other thing I would say uh, along the lines of flexibility is, you know, I think we've had a few individuals take a look at their cash reserves and, you know, analyze and say, hey, we Typically, we do some big distributions early in the year. Do we have the ability to kind of kick the can down the road a bit, um, postpone those distributions, maybe use a little bit more of our cash uh, so that way we can kind of keep our money invested and see what happens here um, over the long term? Great but to hear flexibility, that story. Flexibility. Flexibility became a really yes. big piece of the puzzle for them. You got it. And you know, to build off that, I'd say the other thing um, to switch gears, not necessarily build off that, but switch gears a bit is um, we've really over the last six months or so taken a look at a lot of our retirees spending. And when I say spending, I, I don't want there to be like red flags that come up and say, well, hey, of course I can just cut my spending or I can't cut my spending. I'm, I'm not really alluding to that fact of uh, cutting spending. Um, and that's not necessarily what I mean. What, what I mean is, is I, I think we've really been deliberate on taking a look at individual spending over the last six months and say, how has it changed? I mean, you don't need me to tell you all. I mean, you know, me, none of the listeners, I mean, they know inflation has been a big deal over the last 18 months. And I think with the individuals we work with, a lot of them, they don't like uncertainty. Um, or the old mutual mystification. Um, and they really want to know and say, hey, how is this in increased spending? We're spending more on goods and services. How is that impacting our plan? And do we need to be concerned? So it's not necessarily a, a situation where they're trying to, oh no, ready? <laughs> you got me, all right? I didn't have it queued up right off the bat there, Tyler. Unfortunately, I had to go. I had to go grab it. But when I heard you found mystic it quickly. mystical something or another, <laughs> it was almost like you intentionally were hoping I would trigger the uh, the egg mutual mystification. Yeah, yes. you got to give us. You got to give us some it. detail. What in the world is mystical mutual, mutual mystification? Um, I stole that from Kevin actually, <laughs> I um, and he's like, "Hey, <laughs> throw him under the bus." Um, it, no, just um, the unknowns, right? Not to get into your unknown unknowns uh, quotes, but um, it, it's just. Mutual mystification is essentially that scenario where you almost put your head in the sand uh, because you don't want to know how it impacts because you're afraid of the uh, result almost. So we really try to stay away from that and, and really saying, hey, let's be honest, your spending probably has gone up over the last uh, year, 18 months. How is that impacting results? How does that impact your plan? And is there any changes that we need to make from a distribution standpoint or a planning standpoint that'll get you the money that you need? That's all it is. 
All right, all right. Decent, decent <laughs> enough. I, I felt we couldn't let that just pass by. I had to get, I had to get some more explanation on that one. I, I'm afraid I ruined your flow though uh, by, nah. uh, by by disrupting you there. So no, you're good. Uh, I mean, I, I think <laughs> <laughs> now now sometimes though, well, it's where it's great where you can plan for your spending. You can do your deep dive. You can run through plan results and say, hey, how is our our change in spending impacted? And yes, we're in good shape. Nothing needs to change, but. Sometimes unexpected spending is going to come up and it's going to happen. And uh, although now is maybe not the ideal time for that to happen, it it does. I mean, I had a, an individual, she, her car, I mean, she gave me a call uh, back at the end of the year and, and said, hey, you're not going to believe this. I'm driving down the road and literally check engine light comes on, car stops on the side, tow and get it to the dealership and they give the old, Hey, it's going to cost more to repair this than it is your car's worth. Oh, no. Not exactly an ideal situation. Not right? what you want to hear. Yeah. No, not at all. And, and for her, definitely not. I mean, uh, she's a big planner. So her trying to buy a car that quickly was a big deal for her. Um, she wasn't able to shop. She wasn't, didn't have it, you know, in the plan to get a new car, but it was, it was unexpected. And so she gave me a call saying, Hey, you're not going to believe this happened. I had to get a new car. And now I'm sitting here with a new car that I'm had to finance and I'm not very happy uh, with the interest rates. Um, you know, if anybody's bought a car within the last you know few months, interest rates have gone up on many financing. Same thing with mortgages and cars are no different. Um, and so she she really was not happy with the the loan options that she got. So as with anybody, she's giving me a call saying, "Hey, I I had this unexpected expense. How do we deal with it now? Um, should we make a distribution from my accounts to pay off the car?" When should we do that distribution and how should we approach the situation? So with her, it was kind of like, okay, let's kind of break it down and let's look and and make sure that we can optimize the decision as much as possible. What I mean by optimize is just kind of break it down and say, all right, hey, what's your financing rate look like? What's the expected return on your assets? Okay, if we wanted to pull the money out, can which account would we pull from? Um, you know, she had a few different accounts, some retirement, some non-retirement account, and had some flexibility there. And then two, since this happened in December of last year, for her, it was like, well, you know, do we maybe wait until 2023 to do a distribution and pay it off? Or, you know, what what's going to be best in her situation? So al- although not a great situation, it's saying, hey, let's break it down to each of these kind of core factors and you know, make the best decision that we can for her. Uh, and for her, you know, she actually did end up paying off the car. She took the distribution in 2023 versus 2024, and it worked out from a tax standpoint and it was all okay. But I think there's a heightened sense of, okay, how do I, when I have these big expenses, how do we do it? And do we have any options on when and how we pay it off? Um, and then kind of make the best decision that you can for you. Or at least that was the way that she approached it. You mentioned, uh, you know, buying a car this year, people having to go through that, noticing the higher, uh, interest rates, but at least the prices are a little bit lower on, Mm -hmm. on cars this year. I had to buy a car last year. So I'm looking at prices now and I'm like, oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Hindsight's always 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so did you do it out of pleasure or did you do it because you had to? No, we kind of weren't on the side of the road. I mean, I was, I was on like 270,000 miles of my other vehicle and it, it, it it didn't make the cross country trip when we, 
you know, when we moved out to the to the to Colorado, and so yeah, we just we we did the one car deal for a little while, mm-hmm. and we're like, yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna last <laughs> long, especially since that was just a sedan, and we're going up in the mountains and doing crazy stuff, so. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we need a we need a truck and so all wheel drive, four wheel yeah, drive, right? A little bit of that kind of kind of stuff. So it's not yeah. so bad, but I'm looking. I'm just like, oh man, you know, you just you hate it when prices go down after, right after you bought something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so as we think about you know the things we covered so far, right? Families are looking at, hey, is there any flexibility built in their plan? How can they use that flexibility to put them in a good situation or make a decent situation out of a bad one? Um, and then two, you know, what does your spending look like? Um, making sure you feel comfortable with that spending. Does it still fit within the plan? And then when a bad situation comes up where you have some unexpected spending you have to do, just make sure you approach that in a way that's going to put you on the best foot forward. And you're really thinking through your options uh, as opposed to making any rash decisions. And I'll finish up uh, with one final point and one other thing that we're kind of looking at, which would be uh, more portfolio related. That's probably where I guess most listeners would have expected me to start uh, as we start thinking about returns last year being poor, well, shouldn't we look at the portfolio? And uh, yes, I, I definitely think that's uh, you know important. And, and frankly, if you haven't looked at your portfolio over the last year and you've just kind of gotten the statements and, and kind of rode, rode things out, I, I don't think that's necessarily the right approach uh, at all. You know, one thing we've been doing through the last 12 months is rebalancing uh, portfolios. We've experienced quite a bit of uh, fluctuation, as we've already discussed, and not only fluctuation in the market, but also depending on the actual investments that make up your portfolio, there's been a wide array of volatility. Going back to those numbers we started the podcast with, I mean, well, the S&P 500 is down almost 19%, but if you would have been in that ARC fund, tech heavy, you might have been down almost 67%. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a huge difference, right? Just slight, yeah. Just slight, yeah. <laughs> like complete meltdown versus just a—it's like a cut versus losing a limb, you know. Yes. A so, so depending on how you positioned your portfolio and and what you were in, well, you might have things that are way off base from where you started with. So it's extremely important that you're going in and actively rebalancing those accounts to ensure that not only the amount of stocks and bonds are correct. But also, well, what's the makeup of those stocks? And do we need to make some tweaks and changes there? And how can we position ourselves going forward in the long run um, to be a more weatherproof and a a better overall diversified uh, portfolio? So rebalancing, I think, is a big key, something we've been doing very frequently and something we'll continue to do. Um, but also, a lot of our families are retired. So some of our families are pulling distributions out, say, monthly uh, from their IRA accounts and using that money to live off of. So as you think about those distributions, sometimes we don't have that flexibility um, to not sell out and we need that cash. So how you're managing those distributions from an investment standpoint can be key as well. You know, I'll go back to our, our most recent big market downturn or quick market downturn in March of 2020. We talked a lot about runway. And what I mean by runway is really the amount that you have inside your portfolio that you can pull from before you have to start selling out of stocks, for example. And for some families, that runway was as high as eight to 10 years. So you can, when you understand how much runway you have, so how much before you basically as you're doing distributions, how long can you do distributions before you have to sell out of say stocks or depressed securities, then that can give you some confidence and give you almost that 
good angel in your ear per se that says, hey, I know the market's down, but I don't have to sell out of positions that are extremely depressed for X number of years. And that'll promote, I think, good activity and it'll promote you know good good habits, I guess uh, is the way I would phrase this to where you can understand and feel confident and say, well, if I'm doing these distributions, at least I'm pulling from positions inside the account that are prepared and not hurting me as much. And we can kind of ride out some of that volatility. And we call it again, runway inside of the account. Sounds like between runway and the word flexibility, those those are really resonating uh, with me on the show today, mm-hmm. uh, Tyler, and, and kind of just understanding that that's really important to a lot of your clients, making sure that those mm-hmm. elements are worked into the plan. And also sounds like it's important for you guys too. Yeah, I think it's something that uh, you know, we try to build into our plan. I think the as you think about and you're digesting some of the things that we talked about today, a, a big theme, um, not only runway and flexibility, but also being proactive and planning, uh, never too late uh, to start, like you mentioned, uh, you know, with the story about your family. Um, you know, these are things to where if you're proactive with them, when you go through experiences and when we have the market volatility that we've seen over the last year, you know, I think you are feel a little bit more comfortable um, and equipped to handle and make some of these financial decisions as they come up. Well, very good. If you are looking for that kind of planning, something that's flexible, that keeps that in there, because maybe you don't know all the answers of when you retire in two, three, four, five years, what the landscape is going to look like, what your personal situation is going to turn into, uh, there's a reason to value that flexibility. It's something that uh, Kevin and Tyler and the team at True Wealth Design build into their plans, among many other uh, elements and benefits as well. Uh, give a call if you've got questions or if you want to schedule a 15-minute call with an experienced advisor on the True Wealth team. All you have to do is go to uh, the website, truewealthdesign.com, and click on the Are We Right For You button, or you can call 855 855- TWD plan. That's 855-893-7526. And we'll put that contact info in the description of today's show so you can find that easily as well. Well, Tyler, thank you so much. Really appreciate all of the uh, all of the help and the guidance on the show today. Get on out there and make some snow angels or, or do some more sledding <laughs> and all that good stuff. And yeah, let's, let's get some pictures in the newsletter. Sounds good. <laughs> all right, take care. That's Tyler. I'm Walter. Thanks for joining us on today's show. We'll be back with another great episode next time, right back here on Retire Smarter. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed. All performance reference is historical and not an indication of future results. Benchmark indices are hypothetical and do not include any investment fees.